You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Our people are scattered like stars in the galaxy. What are we? What do we stand for? Being a Mandalorian is not just learning about how to fight. You also have to know how to navigate the galaxy. That way, you'll never be lost. Forgiven for my transgressions. May the force be with you! This is the way. There's something dangerous happening out there. And by the time it becomes big enough for you to act, it'll be too late. Hang on, kid. sci-fi fantasy and much much more sit back and relax and enjoy the show hey there eso listeners and welcome to another episode we've got a great one for you because this is the way and we are going to be talking about the mandalorian as if you couldn't tell it's going to be a fun one tonight and season three has come and gone can't believe how fast it went actually and it's going to be a ton of fun to be able to share it with you guys. And we've got a great show for you. We've got a great crew to talk all about it. Let's, of course, welcome Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. How are you, dude? Ready for this one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't been ready for this one for a little while now. There's so much to talk about. Oh, there is. It's going to be a ton of fun. And returning to the show, Jay Shearer. Welcome, my friend. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. And I've been, I have been podcasting weekly or doing shows, I should say, weekly, uh, about The Mandalorian Season 3. So <laughs> I am I am uh, prepped, I guess. So, so he's all talked out. He's done. He's he's all, he, he, he doesn't really gonna, want to. He's going to quietly listen in the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. I'll be reading a book while you guys If talk. we make any problems or anything, he'll be giving us that evil eye going, no, 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 no. But he, but he won't. But he, he's such a nice guy, he won't correct us. So it's okay. You no know. corrections here. No. No, no exactly. <laughs> and of course... Ashley Pauls, the original Star Wars fangirl herself. It's cool. Oh, thank you. I heard that you guys were going to talk about Star Wars tonight, so I couldn't resist. <laughs> I, I just have to come and talk about it, too. Oh, it's great to have everybody here. And folks, if you haven't watched season three yet, we are going to spoil the hell out of it. So, folks, you know, 
pause, take a break. We definitely want you here tonight. So please, please, please watch, you know, and because we've got a lot to talk about. So I'm going to shut up right now and let Mr. Mike take over. Let's hop in, Mr. Mike. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's so much to cover. Um, eight episodes, but man, every episode was packed with a lot. So I'm going to try to get through what we can. Uh, but before we go into like deep waters and, 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 and the, through the weeds of it, let's, let's get your overall impressions of the, of the most recent season. Ashley, let's start with you. Yeah, so I feel that overall, I'm still working through my feelings and thoughts about this third season. Um, when The Mandalorian was first introduced, I thought it was a fun show. I liked some of the Western undertones and exploring the side of the Star Wars universe, and I fell absolutely in love with season two. I thought it was just top-notch Star Wars storytelling, love how they wove in Boba Fett, and some of that character moments, I mean, Luke Skywalker's appearance could have been just like, a, oh, that's a cameo. Just, of course, they're doing. But I felt like they worked all those elements in together. I feel that overall, season three has been a little more unfocused. Or at least that was the experience of watching these episodes week to week. There were some really great moments and then some moments that just kind of had me scratching my head. And it was hard coming from this from the Book of Boba Fett and the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which I also felt had good moments but were flaws. So um, in the end, I don't think I love this as much as I was hoping to, but there's a lot of threads and elements that were introduced in this series that I think are going to pay off later in Star Wars live-action storytelling. So even though this wasn't the most amazing Star Wars thing I've seen overall. I think there's still plenty of good elements that came from it. And maybe I'll feel differently once the Mandalorian as a show has finished. And then we're looking at the storytelling arc as a whole. So yeah, really excited to talk more about this. Interesting. Interesting. Jay, what about you? Um, so I would say to provide context before this season, the Mandalorian and Andor were my top two favorite Star Wars properties, mm -hmm. which is crazy because I'm an OT guy, right? Like I love, I love the original trilogy. Empire Strikes Back is is for sure up there. Um, Rogue One, actually, I love Rogue One as well. Uh, all of those things work fantastic. Um, after this season, I feel a little bit more like Ashley, where I'm not sure where the Mandalorian goes from here because it was my number one until Andor came out. And then Andor came out and I went, wow, like it's it's a little less Star Wars and a little bit more better call Saul. <laughs> but I loved it. It was just amazing. The writing was amazing. The performances were amazing. Everything about it was was phenomenal. And then we get we get season three of The Mandalorian, and I feel like season three of The Mandalorian for me is about the same as Kenobi. Because both of those series, at the end of it, I went, huh. Not really what I wanted, not how I would have pulled it off. And ultimately, it's still Star Wars, so I like it, but I'm not like in love with it. And you know, it's because Mandalorian season one for me was the best. And we'll probably get into some of the reasons why that's true and why season three isn't true. But um, yeah, so I, it's, it's Star Wars. I'm happy to get Star Wars, but it's not sure, my favorite. Sure, absolutely. Mike, what about you? It's interesting because. You know, 
coming into season three, if you didn't watch Book of Boba Fett, you would have been lost completely. (laughs) And I had a friend of mine who didn't. And it was real interesting having to catch that person up and let them know, you know, these are the episodes you have to watch because Book of Boba Fett almost became, it felt like in some ways, season three of Mandalorian. And this was like 3A or 3B for a season. And it was interesting with that. I agree with both Jay and Ashley that it felt scattered. It felt like it was building foundations and it was having you guess what was going on. Were there moments in this season that I went, oh, my God, this is just awesome? Heck, yes. Oh, very much so. But there was other episodes and scenes where it's like, I don't know what they're doing there, but it looks pretty cool, you know. And, you know, just trying to figure out who are these characters? Why are they focusing on them? And, you know, I'm sure we're going to get more of that in Ahsoka. I'm sure we're going to get more of it in some of the other series we're going to get. And, you know, we don't even know when Mandalorian is coming back. You know, they haven't even announced when season four is going to be on the plate. So, well, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) There was rumor, truthfully, that Pedro was done. You know, that Mm -hmm. he didn't want to do it anymore. I doubt he was ever on set this season. No, I don't think so either. He's a voiceover actor for this, literally. And But I heard, you know, there was also a scene that they cut that you know, Gideon takes off his helmet, you know, when he's captured in the last episode. So, you know, who knows? You know, this is the way, blah, blah, blah. You know, we'll we'll figure it out. And it's going to be fun talking with you guys about it because there's so much to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this season a lot, maybe more than any of you guys. And one of the reasons why I think a lot of people are puzzled, and I'm not saying they do this the right way at all, but if anybody has followed Dave Filoni and what he does with Star Wars, he is very much interested in filling in gaps. And whereas The Mandalorian started as like a, as Ashley said, like episodic, you know, lone wolf and cub, western samurai kind of show... It was quickly apparent to me, especially in the second season, that that wasn't all it was going to be. Like, we were going to get, um, this was going to be a show, a series, that slowly but surely bridged the gap between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Um, Which meant opening up the show a lot. Um, And... Also, Dave Filoni likes to make these series that sort of connect with one another. Like if you watch Clone Wars, it connects with um, Rebels. Um, Bad Batch is in the middle, and they all fill gaps. And if you watch those series, you will be rewarded because there are lots of things. Bo-Katan, for example, started in Clone Wars. Um, uh, She made her first appearance in Clone Wars, and she's all through uh rebels and uh as well so um and she's one of my favorite characters in the canon now and uh i've been following her story from from that time uh the fact that she gets to really 
shine here in this season, I I was really happy to see that. And I thought oh. they did that really well. Kudos um, going out to Katie for that. She was amazing yeah. as Bo-Katan. Yeah, she's one of the few voice actors that gets to reprise her role in live action. Not too many of them get to do that. Um, we did see one other one uh, this season, which was a nice surprise, too, from Rebels. But um, I think also... I don't think that the powers that be made it clear that the Filoni Favreau shows were going to connect so that you had to watch all of them for them to make sense. Um, I mean, it's apparent to me, obviously, as you guys pointed out, that Boba Fett, it connects to Mandalorian. Mandalorian connects to Boba Fett. Mandalorian season three is going to lead into Ahsoka. Ahsoka is going to lead into whatever comes after that, whatever comes after that. We just got word that Filoni's going to be doing a, a big event movie, which assumed that's going to be this like end game, if you will, <laughs> right? <laughs> for this for this sort of time period. Um, and I'm all about that. I'm excited. Now, that does mean, as Mike pointed out, there's going to be a lot of things where he's going to open up some doors and it that the, they're not going to be walked through very deeply as we, in, until we go on further. Um, so there was a lot of that this season where um, the world just opened up a lot. Whereas Mandalorian, instead of being a show about Lone Wolf and Cub, Din Djarin and Groku, it was a ensemble show. Um, and I, I think a lot of people were taken surprised by that and uh and right or wrong you know like i said i think the directors and the producers could have done a better job at kind of explaining this is how this is going to work um but there's really nothing else like it so it's hard to do that <laughs> you know when you're breaking new ground it's hard to say like okay this is what we're doing uh hang on right so but i agree with you guys that obviously there was two episodes in particular of boba fett that you had to watch so were essential to uh the mandalorian and and going in to watch the mandalorian and understanding what was happening um and that yeah that was really um maybe a disservice but i mean since i watched them i i i watch all the stuff so i benefit from that it's interesting though if you don't mind me cutting in right no, absolutely here. star wars is, was in this thinking that they were counting on people watching every single star wars show watching you know and knowing the knowledge of all the different you know cartoons and knowing because someone who hasn't watched rebels wouldn't have known had no idea who zeb was or you know or who bo katan was or you know ideas like that and it was just interesting because to them bo katan showed up last season in mandalorian and you know she was leading a party of other you know mandalorians you know, another faction. So it was just really interesting. It's kind of the same thing Marvel's going through with their TV shows and their movies. They're counting on everyone watching all the different materials. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I, think, there are some, I don't know if that's going to hurt it or not, you know, where there are some things you can, you know, not watch, or there are things that like, for example, Andor, which is a great series as well. Very different. It's telling a, a story from a different time period, although it's interesting, the parallels that I found in season three and what's going on with the rise of the New Order um, with uh, with what's happening on Andor. So that's very interesting as well. You don't have to watch either one of those to understand, like, you don't, un you don't have to watch Andor to understand anything that's going on with the Mandalorian 
and vice versa. Well, Andor takes place before New Hope, though, too. Sure. So, and sure. literally, from what I'm hearing from you know people who I know, that Andor season two is literally going to end right at the beginning of Rogue One, and so it'll be very interesting to see what happens with that. So, the thing with prequels and the thing with uh, you know Filoni filling this stuff in is that we know how things are going to end up. So, you know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen to certain characters, but we know how things are going to go. So um, that's a disservice in some ways, but I think Filoni pulls it to his advantage. So so um, so let me uh, point point it back to you, Ashley. Um, As far as this sort of open world, uh, do you feel like it's being successfully presented or do you feel like, um, you know, that you wish that The Mandalorian was just its own separate show? You know, I'm really torn in terms of this. And I think there's been some growing pains as Star Wars expands into the small screen with these tie-in movies and things like that. Um, as a fan, I love watching all this stuff. I enjoy seeing things interconnect like I freaked out last season when I saw Ahsoka in live action. Like I'm so hyped about seeing Thrawn in live action in Ahsoka. So I love seeing some of these tie-ins, but I also feel that maybe widening the focus of the Mandalorian lost just a little bit of what made that show special. I think some people really enjoyed it for its smaller scale storytelling. It was just something that you could watch and enjoy the Mandalorian without needing to be steeped in Star Wars lore. So I think there's a place for both types of storytelling. I'm looking forward to seeing all the connections in Ahsoka being like full on connected to the Dave Filoni verse as it were. But I think maybe they tried to tie too many threads with the Mandalorian and maybe lost some of the heart of that show, which really is the bond between um Mando and Grogu and I thought some of the shine out moments of this season were just seeing that um bond between them like I'll be fully honest there were there were some tears in my eyes when uh Mando uh decided to formally adopt Grogu just because if it's close ties to my own personal story of having adopted my daughter and the idea of Star Wars being so much about found family these people who are not related by blood but come together to form a family unit. So I thought that was really powerful. So would would like would thought some of that maybe got just a little bit lost this season. And if they return to doing the Mandalorian story, would like to see some of the focus on that again. Yeah, yeah. Um and to your point, I do remember last in season two, at the end of season two, whereas it was very spectacular, very, you know, headline making, the fact that Luke Skywalker returned there are a lot of people that were like, hey, I don't want my sky. I don't want no Skywalkers in this story. Like I, this story is supposed to be Skywalker free like this. I want this. This is supposed to be something that takes place on the outer rim. I, I don't want that main story. That's been that's for the movies to tell. Um, I don't I, I'd rather have something that's just completely separate in an independent story. Um, and yes, I do feel like those probably are a lot of the same people that are really not happy with the way things went this season but i don't know i'm not saying the season was perfect jay what about you what do you think about like that way of storytelling so i am one of those people that liked <laughs> the original concept of the show but but i think that there's uh, there's actually a business reason behind doing what they're doing right um 
and we saw this happen with the prequels. So the prequels were, were, I just did a recent poll on my Twitter account and said, like, do you prefer the sequel trilogy or the prequel trilogy? And it's that was a tough question many... to ask, by the way. That was, that was a tough question for me to answer, by the way. It was a tough one, right? It's a really tough one. And, and one of the things that I think that you tend, we tend to do is we tend to see things through the, uh, the lens, storytelling especially, through the, end, the lens of nostalgia. And so the prequels have sort of grown on people over the past 20-odd years, whereas the sequel trilogy is newer and left a bad taste in our mouth with it for a lot of people. And I think that um, one of the things that Filoni did really well is that he took this trilogy of movies that didn't land super well at, at, with audiences at the time, meaning the prequel trilogy, and he filled in all the gaps that people were just kind of like, this doesn't feel like Star Wars to me. He filled in all of those gaps that made people go, now this makes it all feel like it's all connected and makes it feel like it's Star Wars. He improved the trilogy. Yeah. And so I think what happened was, I think that Mandalorian season one was likely, this is this is me just, you know, assuming, greenlit before the trilogy, ser- the, the, the before the sequel trilogy had actually ended. And so what the sequel trilogy did is it, they did not have it planned out well. One of the big problems with Star Wars right now is that the vision of what Star Wars should be really it's a it's kind of messy and it only lands with like Filoni. Filoni's the only one that kind of you can kind of see he's got his hands all over everything and kind of understands what things could be. So it really does feel like that was supposed to be a western episodic with sort of a loose through line kind of show that then Disney said, "You know what? We're not selling enough merch with the sequel trilogy. That limits the ability for us to make money." So we need something else to be our through line. Guess what? People love the Mandalorian. We sell Grogu like hotcakes. Let's put Grogu, let's let's make Filoni take over his ability to solve for the problems of the prequel trilogy by having him solve the problems of the sequel trilogy. And it feels like they just basically said, we're going to keep calling it the Mandalorian because it gets the views, but we're going to kind of shift it into this new focus of uh, it's going to be the Clone Wars for the sequel trilogy. And that's to me what it feels like. It's not really what I was asking for. I preferred season one. It doesn't mean that I don't like this, but it does mean that this was one of the most oddly structured series that they've done yet in my mind. It almost seemed like they were going to go in a different direction and had to do a bunch of rewrites at the last minute is what it felt like to me. Um, and so that's kind of where I start to go. It's not that I don't like that, those fill-in things. I prefer season one's approach. I don't mind the fill-in things, but the fill-in things, I wish they were, they knew what they were doing from the very beginning of that, because some of the, it's almost like they were trying to be like, well, we're going to still throw this episodic nature of the show in, and it's going to somehow connect to this bigger story, but it's not always going to connect to the bigger story. And it just felt a little bit like, you know, an episode of the Clone Wars. And I, you know, it's fine, but again, not my, not my ideal. And, and yeah, to your point, like, well, I mean, I kind of knew with, with, uh, I expected anyway, with Filoni's involvement, that it wasn't just going to be a standalone series, that it was going to um, affect things. Now, I'm sure it was ramped up business-wise, but of course that makes sense. Um, but the fact that, I think the fact that Filoni wasn't, devoted to this season as much as he was the previous two seasons that he was he was really focused on ahsoka i think that also might be 
cause for why things were a little bit scattered. If you look at the episodes, he was like the second to last episode. Amazing. That's a Filoni episode, right? The last episode, eh, it's pretty good. Yeah. You know, like, like you know, so no offense to John Favreau or the other story, uh, the other showrunner that they got, but the other producer guy, but uh, which I can't think of his name right now. But um, I do think that, you know, when Filoni's got his hands on it, it's a little bit, it's a little bit better for everybody. Not to say that everything he does is gold, but um so uh so mike what do you what do you think about all of that it's interesting because i've been listening to what everyone has to say and i don't disagree and i agree that you know mandalorian was supposed to be a western in space basically you know the lone gun gunman and then it became more of a lone wolf and cob type situation when they brought in Go grogu it's interesting because as the series has evolved, you know, it started getting more and more further into Star Wars lore, you know, and it was the hinting of certain characters coming back and everything, you know, the whole return of Boba Fett in season two, you, you know, you got that, you got, you know, Ahsoka, you got, you know, and it started tying further and further in. But remember, the name of the show is The Mandalorian. It doesn't have to be about one Mandalorian. It could be about the Mandalorians, you know, about them, you know, retaking the planet. And I was fine with what they were trying to do this season about, you know, them recapturing their former glory getting their planet back after the empire had decimated it. And I liked how, you know, it was interesting because, you know, Durjin got his honor back. He was, since he had taken his helmet off and he was banished from, you know, and, you know, I liked the seeds they were planting slowly through the season with that. And I fully, you know, I fully expected by the end of the season something to happen with them either being fully the whole race being fully destroyed, being betrayed to Gideon or them actually taking the planet back. And we got to see that. And my God, anyone who has ever said that they wanted to see a, f a battle in you know, in the air of people on jetpacks and fighting. That was a total wow. You know, that made the season for me. Those last, the last two episodes when they were retaking the planet, those last two episodes redeemed some of the stuff I didn't like about the season. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is what I've been waiting for the whole time. The effects on it, the battles, Everything, you know, wait, those jetpacks, those aren't Mandalorians. And you see all these, you know, stormtroopers wearing, you know, where the jetpacks and coming in. And it, then the final one where they are all coming in from space. And, you know, and, and I love the scenes where the Mandalorians were being the the floor opened out and they were all dropping out of the out of the spaceships and everything. Mm -hmm. Come on, total geek out. This is. You know, 10-year-old Mike, when he first saw Star Wars, if he knew he was going to be seeing this, he would have said, you're effing nuts. Because, <laughs> you know, Star Wars was enough for him. But this, folks, this made my 
my season, you know, for the show. These were scenes we got. We got it when they retook the planet from the the space pirates. But this was to the ninth degree. This was amazing. And this is what the Mandalorian is about, you know, and that's what I loved. This was part of, you know, we had Grogu and you had Darjajin and it was awesome. But I loved that we got all of the Mandalorians, all of them working together to retake the planet mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what the Mandalorian is was about to me. I uh yeah, I mean that when season two ended, the way it ended with uh Dinjarin having the Darksaber and uh Bo Katan being right there, I and Groku going off with Luke, I thought, oh, we're gonna get a season without Groku. We're going to get a season where the Mandalorians are trying to unify. I, I thought that's what was going to happen. And then Book of Boba Fett, I was like, well, okay, now Groku's back. And looks like we're going to go just back to being the same old Mandalorian show. But then in the first episode of this, you know, he's like, I need to go back. Uh, I need to go to the living waters, bathe in the river, living waters so that I can redeem myself. And I'm like, okay, that's going to take all season. And then episode two happens and he like dunks himself and I'm like, <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, that happened really fast. And then, and then Din, our main character, doesn't have much to do. Like, I mean, he's there, but he's, it's, I don't know if it's his show at that, after that, um, until sort of the end, because, uh, I mean, he says in the last episode, he says to Bo-Katan, um, you know, I will, I am here to serve you. Um, I'm paraphrasing there, but it's basically like, uh, you're the lead now, um, which, I have all sorts of questions about all sorts of the way that sort of played out. But um, I do think that, and and also to your point, Mike, where the, where the battles and we get to see Mandalorians fight in a way that we've never gotten to see that before. It's just outstanding. You know, all those kids, all that, all when I was a kid and I had that Boba Fett figure, if you had told me I could have an army of them, (laughs) I mean, that would have been so sweet. And it's been joked about, and I think I've even, but I I subscribe to this that Filoni and and Favreau are just two kids playing with their toys in a sandbox, right? They're just having a lot of fun, uh, and you never know which figure they may pop in and bring into it or whatever. Whereas Andor is like the adult table, <laughs> 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 like Filoni and Favreau are quite nicely uh, set at the kids table. And then Andor's at the adult table, which we've never had an adult table before for Star Wars. So that's pretty awesome in and of itself. Um, so uh, I, I got to point it back to you, Ashley. What did you think about the storyline of the Mandalorians and reclaiming Mandalore? Was that compelling enough for you? Was that done well enough for you in this? Yeah, I think that was interesting, getting to explore their culture a little more. Um, I was familiar with it from big fan of the clone wars animated series so i followed it through that and then some of the extended universe that's now no longer canon but was interested to see how they would all come together and i like that concept too of this culture that has been scattered and now they're drawing back together to reclaim their home world and I thought the uh, special effects and the set design of Mandalore was really fascinating to see the planet had been obliterated and then all these caves underground, seeing the forge and then seeing that forge be relit again. So I thought there was a lot of interesting 
uh, symbolism with that. And I, I do like that they had um, Mando teaming up with Mandalorians as part of, again, that common Star Wars theme of found family coming together, kind of rediscovering that group that he's a part of and getting to see Grogu become a Mandalorian and choose to do that. I thought was really interesting. Was kind of disappointing we didn't get to see the full mythosaur. I was I was waiting for that in the finale and they just they teased us they're still making us wait would have been um nice to see but I felt like it was a good story direction to go back the idea of reclaiming uh Mandalore and seeing Din kind of get reconnected with the larger group of Mandalorians throughout the galaxy. Yeah, the uh, the what you said about the uh, mythosaur. Um, I mean, I think there were a lot of things this season like that that they sort of introduced or brought up that you thought, oh, this is going to play in out this season, and it didn't, and it kind of leaves you empty, even though you should be aware of the way these guys these are guys are playing the long game. So yeah, just because yeah. we're not going to see the mythosaur now. You know, that doesn't mean it's not going to be prevalent in the future. And uh, but it's like but as far as the season goes, it's kind of like um, there's a there's a, a story rule, um, a principle, if you will, called Chekhov's gun, which is like if you introduce a gun in the first act, you better use it in the third act. And so there's a lot of things that were like introduced and uh, a podcast I listened to called The Ringerverse was was really they made a funny comment about this season of The Mandalorian. They said in the writers' room they don't think Chekhov was invited to the table. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. there were a lot of stuff that ultimately did not play out by the conclusion of this season. So, um, but it is interesting. I'm kind of curious to see like with the Mandalorians together. Why do they need to be together? What's coming that, and, you know, what is the state of, we don't know what the state of the Mandalore, the Mandalorians are in the new trilogy or the recent yeah. trilogy, whatever you want to call it. So this could be really interesting as it plays out. Uh, Jay, what about you? How did you feel about the Mandalorian side of things this season? I think that, I think that Bo-Katan's story as it relates to the covert and as it relates to the rest of the Mandalorian um, crews, the night owls and all the rest of them is by far the best part of the season. Like, mm. if, and I don't, I don't, um, I think that the parts of the season that are awkward are all related to the continuing story of Din Djarin versus Moff Gideon. That's where it's all, that's where it all gets kind of like, for me, it starts to unravel a little bit. Cause it's like, we just picked up where we kind of left off. We did kind of just reset the table. And that's the only new part of this story that I find a little bit more compelling. Um, so I think, you know, I mean, obviously you guys said it the, at the top of the show, Katie Sackhoff in this role is phenomenal. She um, clearly dedicates herself to it. Um, she clearly enjoys it. You can tell that she loves the hell out of doing this. Um, you can tell so that she doesn't of, mind wearing the suit and the helmet. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Hey, at least she's on set, you know? She's on set. <laughs> I know, seriously. Um, and I think, I think, you know, I would, I would, just like you guys have already said too, seeing the, seeing them fight with the jetpack, seeing the, um, the end battles, seeing the Praetorian guards show up, I thought was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they worked a lot better in episode seven than they did in episode eight, but phenomenal stuff. I mean, all, seeing all that stuff play itself out was really cool. If if you ask me, how would you go back and solve some of the issues you have? 
I think that that we that they made a mistake in trying to hide Moff Gideon from us for so long. I don't know if that was a Giancarlo Esposito like couldn't be available thing, but mm-hmm. like when you get to that end battle, let's call it episode seven, and you start to see the Dark Troopers 2.0, right? They have all their best car armor. They've got jetpacks now. Mm-hmm. It, I really wish we would have had in the beginning of the season we would have seen Moff Gideon um, meeting with the Shadow Council. Feeding them lines while he does other things. Um, we see him get broken out of prison. We see him start to build his little army. We see the dark troopers completely obliterate. Well, maybe it's the space pirates or something, right? So that they seem, because by the time we get to that episode, they go, I've got new dark troopers and they're awesome. And it's like, they're kind of just stormtroopers with jetpacks at this point. Like, you're kind of, yep. the Mandalorians are kind of just wiping them out. I feel like that was where the season to me kind of struggled. It was like everything before episode seven seemed like this long preamble that if it had included segments of Moff Gideon and what he was doing would have solved a lot of the problems that the season presented for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. I've also heard that um, if the episode three, I think with everything going on in Coruscant, if that had been sprinkled out through the course of the season, rather than in just one big episode, we probably would have been more invested in that as well. It wouldn't have seemed like we were taking a, a day off from the Mandalorian. Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, although it's not yet. Yeah, like I said, it's not unheard of because I know in, in other Filoni shows, he does that all the time. Like bad batch is an episode where none of the bad batch appear. It's all from the bad <laughs> right. guy's point of view. And like, it, there's, you know, it, it's done that way. So, well, you would have cared more what happened to the scientist if it was spread out over multiple episodes. Yeah. 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 And we still don't really know. Of, you know like, I mean, we think he's, I mean, is he dead? We don't know. Um, no, he's not dead. His mind was wiped pretty much right. because of the spy. Yeah, the spy. Interesting. A lot of people on uh, this season, because of the whole, like, all the things that were introduced that may factor into the finale or not, people began theorizing much the way they do, like, with a lot of TV now, especially Marvel stuff. And when things aren't, you know, either uh, resolved or resolved in a way that they appreciate there's a lot of backlash and um i don't think i don't think unlike some of the stuff that like marvel did where they purposefully threw out like red herrings for people who were theorizing i don't think that star wars did that like this isn't wandavision right like wandavision like really they were all behind the scenes going hey hey, they think it's mephisto right whereas (laughs) whereas, whereas i don't think anybody here was like i don't think they were like you know, they were like pointing to, oh, the armor is going to betray everybody or Bo-Katan's going to turn heel or mm-hmm. some or uh, or like some of the Mandalorians are not going to get along with others and it's going to fall apart again. Or Groku's going to end up with the Darksaber. There's like all these theories that were going into the finale. And of course, none of them <laughs> came to any realization, which a lot of people are like, what? Um, which I was I don't glad think that, about. I was I don't, really glad they didn't. You know. I don't think that was intentional, but um, yeah, I mean, what? Go ahead, Mike. You you were glad that none of them were, were came out. Yeah, came no, I'm glad none of it. You know, I think it would have. You know, I think because you and I were even talking about it that the aren't we thought the armorer was going to turn heel or I was we, real worried. Yeah, I was <laughs> really worried about that. That when she went back up to the, uh, you know, back up to the ship. Yeah, and, I was like, this is real shifty. 
Yeah, exactly. I was like underneath her mask. She was twisting her mustache or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she she was welcoming in those new newbies too easily, mm-hmm. too easily, mm-hmm. right? Um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it was for me. It was you know there were so many theories put out there, and there was so many you know little red herrings that I think a lot of us put out there because we wanted to see that, but. Because we were wondering where the heck is this going? And we've been for years, you know, working with, you know, like you said, Marvel and, you know, listening to what they've been trying to do. And I don't think it was necessary. I think a lot of it was real interesting how they portrayed it. I'm glad we didn't see Grogu end up with the blade and everything. And I think one of the best things that happened this season was the destruction of the blade hmm. uh, of the black saber. I don't think they needed it. You know, it was too much of a crutch, you know, hmm. that they were relying on in a lot of ways. And I think this way it's now Bo-Katan is the leader who brought the Mandalorians back to Mandor. Hmm. And, you know, and she did it without the black saber, you know, type thing. And I, I like that because, you know, she was like, all, when we first saw her, she was all depressed. Oh, they all left. All my Mandalorians left me because I didn't have the Black Saber anymore. And, you know, they wanted to go off and do their own thing. It's like, whatever. It was, that was kind of whiny. I did like seeing more of Corazon that we've actually had seen mm-hmm. and everything. And you got to actually see the last mountain peak that was the natural, yeah. you know, the highest peak on Corazon, that was pretty darn awesome. But like you said, that could have been done over multiple episodes. Mm -hmm. And I think it would have made it more effective. And then the betrayal at the end of that episode over a couple, if it was spread out, would have made been more effective. Like, oh, you know, instead of, you know, instead of that way. And she was playing almost like the double spy type thing, the double. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, some of that didn't make any sense, but it was, it was interesting. And then for them to name the episode, the last, the seventh episode spies, and they yeah. only showed the one spy, you know, it was yeah, like, that, 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 that didn't made, make sense. That made it a bit worse. The speculation. They're, they're exactly. Still, there's still not really definitive answers to why that episode was called the spies, um, either store, on screen or off. Um, there's probably there's something some that we didn't see, but... you know, that we didn't see or something, you know, or there is one good it. one. There Go is one it. good one. I will say, yeah, there's, there's a good one out there that says that effectively the spies are a analogy of the, the 12 spies coming out of Israel to spy on, I'm going to forget who it is. Um, I feel like it's, it's, I don't think it's Egypt, but it could be Egypt. Um, and that, and that the, the reference to the spies is the 12, cause there were 12 spies and that the 12 Mandalorians who volunteered to go, mm. to go on to Mandalore were the 12 spies. So those were the spies that they were actually referring to. I thought that oh, was pretty good. Pretty good. That it's a good theory. If, yeah. if the Mandalorian titles had ever been more than just 
direct <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like Mandalorian yeah. titles have never been like oh what does that mean it's always been like yeah. in your face like you know like, <laughs> Dave's going deep <laughs> exactly yeah. so they yeah, throw make them think on this one like, folks Ooh, this Suck one's on got it. a deeper meaning um, exactly but that helped lead everybody to think that somebody was going to turn mm-hmm. yeah um, oh very and, much so uh, I do like the way that I did like the way that they had so many they developed so many cases against Moth Moth Gideon that at the end, by the way, I you know, I didn't know if he was gonna be defeated, and I still don't know if he's defeated. Right. Yeah, uh, he was wearing a suit, a full suit. He was wearing yeah, he's got that Vader fetish. Uh you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but certain Imperials just like that just like have that Vader fetish. They want to be like Vader, they want to dress like Vader. Um, you know, now he could be all burnt up like Vader. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, that's that's dedication to your hero. Yeah, exactly. There. <laughs> there, there is conjecture that since uh, the actor and the character in in this in the family didn't have a mustache like he has in the past, that he was actually a clone because the clones ha- don't have mustaches. We see that, so there is some sort of leeway there that we might not have seen the real Moth Gideon get destroyed. But it does set up that. Dinjarin has a reason to kill him. Bo-Katan has a reason to kill him. Uh, if, even though we haven't met him yet, Thrawn has a reason to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and so the fact is, if he's got clones of himself, everybody can kill him at some point. We can, Everyone gets a turn. <laughs> everybody gets a chance. Um, it would so be you're basically shame. saying that uh, Gideon is the Kenny of the Mandalorian. You know, uh, <laughs> you know what? I like... Giancarlo so much and he is so good in the last two episodes of this chewing scenery um just just going all out with this character that I I'm gonna miss him if this is the last time we see Mm -hmm. him I'm gonna miss him because yeah everybody else on this show is solid but I mean he brings something to the table that's just special uh so um I don't know what do you think do you guys think this is the end of, of Moff Gideon I don't think so. Nope. Like that suit of armor was just way too cool looking. And you think in terms of like selling merch and action figures, like I think he's going to be back, whether it's him or a clone, there will be, he will appear again and have some role to play in the larger story. They're going to change his name to Snoke. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole cloning thing, a lot of <laughs> You know, this this Mandalorian touches upon two things that even Star Wars fans kind of go, I'm not comfortable with this cloning. And they didn't quite say midichlorians, but they almost did. (laughs) Yeah, they kind of did. Yeah. Yeah. I almost had these were force sensitive. Yeah. 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 M count. I'm like, okay, that that's about as close as we're going to get. Right. Don't go there. Don't go there. No. Don't say that name. <laughs> so, uh, Ashley, what's something else about the series that uh, either affected you one way or another, in a good way or a bad way this season? Yeah, well, um, something that I did not enjoy as much, I think it was episode six, was I thought the celebrity cameos were a little too obvious, which is a shame because I adore all three of those people. Like they're so great. And like hearing Lizzo talk about like how star Wars was important to her dad, but I felt like it was too in your face. Like 
oh, here is Lizzo and Jack Black together on a planet. So I wish they would have worked that in a little more organically. Like maybe if Jack Black had been playing an alien, but you still heard that iconic voice. I would have liked to see that do a little more um, subtly. I did really like seeing the Shadow Council and I just get giddy whenever I hear mention of Thrawn's name. So I'm really excited about that. And I feel like I'm also one of probably about 10 people that is a super fan of General Hux from the Star Wars trilogy. So I was really excited to see his father make an appearance. Like I said, there's Played probably by about- the actor's brother. Yeah. So like I said, there's probably about 10 people out there for whom that was a season highlight, but I was one of those 10 people and I was really excited and just seeing the Praetorian guards love their design and they're not Jedi, but having those weapons, seeing that kind of melee content, I, um, and this is not necessarily a criticism, but just for me personally, I really like the Jedi and force storytelling side of Star Wars. And we haven't, it feels like we haven't heard that in a while. So anytime we get something that's close to a lightsaber or close to that type of combat, I'm excited. And again, not bad that Star Wars wants to explore other things, but I have been kind of missing that in uh, some of the storytelling. But yeah, so those were those were just some highlights and lowlights for me that came out of the season. The, uh, the Shadow Council scene um, not only introduces Daddy Hux, which is pretty fun, but also, I think it's the first time we've seen a live-action version of uh, Paladin. And yeah, I was really excited about that too. He was and like, he's like, he's old school. Like, if you're a Thrawn fan from Era of the Empire, like way back in the Timothy Zahn day, like that, like he's there, right there with him. He's like, for those people who don't know, he's like the Commissioner Gordon to like Batman for as far as like you know Thrawn. So uh, I, I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. Because I, I don't think he'd even, I don't even remember seeing him in like Rebels. Yeah, I he was one of my uh, standout characters from the old Legends. And I'm really glad to see that that's something that Filoni and Favreau are doing. Because you know, let's be honest, there was some not so great stuff in Legends. And uh, that could be a whole podcast of its own. But I'm glad they are picking some of the good stuff to bring back in and just his dynamic with Thrawn will be cool to see. That's a, that's a really cool idea. I'm going to have to mark that down because we've never done a show ba- about like um, sort of extra alternate media Star Wars stuff. Oh man, I, I which, could go which for would... hours, good and bad, about the old expanded universe. <laughs> so so uh, so maybe we need to explore that a little bit more yeah, in the future. As long as you talk about giant green rabbits. You know, who smokes oh, cigars. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, can't, you got I can't to... not mention I can't not mention Jackson. Uh so uh Jay, what about you? What's uh some of the highlight or low light for you? Another one. I think for me, uh the highlight of the entire season was episode seven. I mean, episode seven to me, uh it now it didn't feel like episode one, but it did feel like season or sorry, sorry, it didn't feel like season one, but it felt like season two in terms of a, the culmination of a lot of things that we had been wondering about all happening at once, probably honestly too many things happening at once. They could have spread that out a little bit more and, and done more reveals, but uh, Giancarlo Esposito continues to be one of the best actors on the planet. Um, a lot of actors will say star Wars dialogue is hard. Well, G- Giancarlo Esposito was born for it. Like he's like, he just nails it every time. Um, and 
just the way that we the way that we saw everybody come together in that one it was a small band uh whether you want to call them spies or what you want to call them just the small band of mandalorians that was were going into that to that space how that all played itself out i thought was really really cool um that made me excited for you know whatever's to come next was episode seven i think the the episode six was the episode of the mandalorian that i went that's the worst episode of the mandalorian i've ever seen but I do think that one thing to point out about that, because I don't want to be completely negative about the episode. I completely agree with Ashley in regards to the cameos. Um, but one thing that was done extraordinarily well in that scene, there's been a lot of complaints about the use of the volume. Because sometimes, because the actors are playing in a space that is not expansive, it can almost seem like the the expansiveness beyond where the actors are is just fake and and not not really an expansiveness, but I thought that Bryce Dallas Howard handled the volume in a way that showcased how well somebody who's used it before can build off their prior skill set. Um, and she, I thought she used it amazing. Like when they were going through um, certain parts of that city and they're having a chase scene through that city, it really felt like they were in a big city. It didn't really feel like they were in a volume running around. Right. Um, and so even that episode, I think, did some things te- technologically that showcase that more can be done with Star Wars in that kind of setting. So overarchingly, I thought the the whole thing, the whole season was sort of fine. But episode seven to me was phenomenal. The, uh, it's interesting, too, because episode six is probably the closest thing this season that we get to an episode that would have been in episode in season one or two, like it's an episodic, like a completely like yeah. Mando event <laughs> <Right>? story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, Hey, uh, this is cool. I want to see him go on just me. And then it's like, I don't want this one. But yeah, be careful what you ask for folks. Yeah, when you exactly, get it, you're exactly. not going to be happy. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what about you? Well, you know, the high points of course were later in the season seven and eight were complete high points. But I also, I did like some of the earlier episodes. I keep on going back to it. I loved, you know, when, you know, the Mandalorians, you know, fought the pirates. I thought that was a great episode, you know, because it felt like, it felt like something out of the Old West. It felt like, you know, you had, you know, you felt it felt like, you know, you were watching like a John Ford movie or you were watching, you know, something like like the Magnificent Seven or something like that, you know, coming to against all these bullies who have taken over the town and everything. And I like that. I thought that was really, really well done. Um, episode six with the cameos and everything, like you guys have been saying. You guys wished for it. This is what you guys were hoping for. And you guys, you know, you wanted to see standalone stories. You got a standalone story. And just because it had Jack Black in it, being Jack Black, basically, you know, it was, you know, I almost expected him to start singing, Grogu, 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 you know, or something in it, you know, in it. Lizzo was great. You know, Christopher Lloyd was awesome. If it was just Christopher Lloyd, I would have loved the whole episode a lot better because he was a good bad guy in it. And I liked it. But something about it fell flat for me. 
and the directing was great. You know, like you said, Bryce Dallas Howard was just amazing. She is a great, she's turning into a great director and in some ways better than an actor. So I actually, you know, think that's where she's going to make her name for herself, just like her dad. And I think, I really think we're going to get more Star Wars from her too. And I'm hoping we're going to. Did I, you know, Gideon was awesome. Gideon should have, like you said, should have been, you know, he escapes in the first episode and then he starts plotting throughout the season. That would have made the season a little more interesting. Like he, you don't even have to see him escape. He, the, the rebel or the new Republic finds the ship already broken down. Like you find at the end of that one episode, but you don't have, you know, you don't have it that, you know, he's just, in, he's only in the last two. There's just a, there's a pacing issue with this season. And mm -hmm. I think that's the problem mm -hmm. with it. Do I think it's a bad season? Hell no. I like the season. I was looking forward to every Wednesday night to be able to watch this. Now I've got to figure out what I'm going to do with my Wednesday nights to Ahsoka comes back, you know, <laughs> I know right till August. Right. Yeah, exactly. So literally, you know, I think it was a great season. Was it the best season? No, but that's okay. There were some of the best episodes of the series to me that I think we've gotten. I also think it's some of the weakest, but it just wasn't consistent. That's my problem because we got consistency through the first two seasons. Yeah. Um, Real quick, uh, you know, I know everybody was like, you know, piling on the the quote unquote cameos. Uh, they're not cameos; they're they're actual parts. <laughs> like, like they weren't just on for a scene, and it wasn't like a non speaking role. They like were actually integral to the plot. <laughs> like, it wasn't. It wasn't like Jack Black was going ah ah. And then yeah. um, you know? <laughs> but uh, it was it was stunt casting for sure. Uh, but um, yeah. Uh, um, but I think I was more disappointed in. Uh, the fact that uh, the dark saber was handed over without much fanfare at the end of that episode than anything else that happened previously in that episode. So that's what my big beef for that episode is. Um, but uh, rather than dump on that, I want to talk about another episode that I really like that we haven't really mentioned, and I'll do it real quick because I know we gotta you know wrap things up pretty soon, but. Um, the fourth episode, uh, The Foundling, directed by Carl Weathers, with uh, written by Filoni and Favreau. Not only do we get an amazing adventure with the Mandalorians and the big creatures that live on their little planet that I don't know why they're living there if there are so many creatures that are taking their kids. Um, <laughs> but in any case, um, you have a little adventure like that, which is really well played out. And uh, one of my favorite scenes in the whole season was, you know, Bo-Katan's trying to fit in with these Mandalorians that are hardcore. They won't take their helmets off. And she's like, how do we eat? And he's <laughs> like, oh, we just go on by yourself. And, you know, they're like, except you, because you're leading the mission. And so she's just there by herself, eating by herself. It's just such a lone, like, it's such a well done scene. It's like she doesn't fit in. She's all alone. Like, I just thought it was really well played out. Um, and, but we also get big, huge, like, answer as to where Groku, like, came from. Like, where, like, what his history was as far as being, 
like save during the clone wars during the purge or whatever you want to call that order 66 and all that right um and uh and a redemption really <laughs> uh, we don't know what you talk about <laughs> a redemption for ahmed best as well um so i thought that was everything was wrapped up i thought that was really an exciting episode so that was a real big highlight for me um all right before we get out of here i gotta ask real quick uh ashley where do you want this series or this part of the universe to go from here you know what? In a way, I'm almost ready for maybe it to take a little break. Like, let's go into Ahsoka. Let's dive deep into those characters, see what happens, um, what Dave Filoni is going to plan for his big event movie. And maybe Mando and Grogu can be make appearances in that. And then maybe I would like to see them come back on their own and have kind of a little more of a standalone series. Like, this is... Um, the Mandalorian and his apprentice, you know, going out through the galaxy, kind of doing guns for hire for the new Republic. So I would like to maybe see separate some of what of that larger, you know, really big epic storytelling that Star Wars is doing on Disney Plus right now. And then maybe get back to a little bit more of the standalone uh, kind of like lone gunman feel for the Mandalorian. So I think it's possible to have both both those two types of storytelling coexisting. Yeah. yeah. Jay, what about you? I would say I wholeheartedly agree with that take. Um, I think that there's this thing, there's this thing in star Wars. There's, there's two problems that star Wars kind of tends to have. One is that everything is based around the Skywalker saga. <laughs> like the first trilogy, the second trilogy, the third trilogy, it's all Skywalker all the time. Um, and yet it is this rich world where just about everybody who watches it can find a part of that world that goes, that really interests me. I wish I could see more of that. Um, and so, you know, Ashley said earlier in the show that she really wishes she could see some more Jedi stuff. I'm done with Jedi stuff. I'm good, man. I've had enough Jedi stuff. I don't want any more Jedi stuff. Give me some bounty hunters fighting off some galaxy somewhere else. Like uh, I've been waiting to see Nar Shada. I've been waiting to see the old Republic. Um, these are all references that to me I was drawn into as a fan that as soon as we think, as soon as we think, I think that we start to get on this trail that might take me there, we get pulled back into the Skywalker saga. And I just don't, <laughs> don't want to be in the Skywalker saga anymore. I'm good with it. So for me, I, I think that um, I'm on the same page as Ashley that they should, you know, Grogu and, and Din should go uh, do their own thing. We get to explore more pieces of the galaxy. We get to get away from the Skywalker saga a little bit more. Uh, I would like that a lot. That's what I would like to see. Hmm. That's going to be other shows. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I know. I know. I don't know if it's going to be. I don't know if any of you are going to get your wish on that because I think now that they're invested, I think it's all about the rise of the new order. Like you know, I think that's yeah. going to be a dark cloud that's over everything now. So, um, but you know, that could be interesting where that goes. And that's not to say that there's not some leeway in there, right? Uh, Mike, what about you? What do you want to see next? I'm with everybody else. I want to see new stuff. I want to see in Ahsoka. I don't want to see Grogu and Din Djarin show up at all. I don't want to see the Mandalorian in Ahsoka. You know, you got that with Book of Boba Fett. I was not, you know, I didn't want to see that. I wanted to focus completely on Boba Fett, you know. But it almost felt like we, I said earlier, it was Mandalorian, you know, one, you know, 2.5 or whatever you want to call it but for going forward 
I'd like them to take a little break from this and do some other tales. We're supposed to get like skeleton crew and some other, you I don't know, even know what that is. We don't either. Yeah. That's the great thing about it. And, Even I, I don't know what it is, really. And I eat, sleep, and breathe Star Wars. And so yeah, I don't know I when it takes I want, place or what it is. I want to see a show. Or no, what? I don't we know. don't know. We don't know. But that's the cool thing about it. I want to see, you know, stuff away, like Jay said, away from the Skywalkers. I don't want to have anything to do with Luke or Darth Vader or Ray or whatever. We're going to get a Ray movie. They just announced it at Celebration. So I know Ashley's like above cloud nine right now with that. And that's that's (laughs) another tale to tell. But folks, what I'd love to see is, you know, there's a whole universe out there. There's so many characters and so many stories they could tell. And there's, you know, what happened to all the clones from the Clone Wars still. We don't know. You know, it's it's you were dealing with that a little bit in Bad Batch, but a lot in that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I would love to see stories on that. And I would love to see stories that don't take a place between Return of the Jedi and, you know, the third trilogy. I want to see some stuff past that. I would love to see that the new order isn't have a shadow. The Empire Emperor's gone. Spoilers for the last movie. But, you know, it's, you know, I want to see story, you know, I want to see new stories like that, you know, new tales. And because if you go by the extended universe, there's stories in there where forces from outside of their galaxy start invading and such. I want to see stories like that where they have to start dealing with new threats that are even bigger than the Empire or the New Order and everything and so i definitely would love to see that so who knows yeah well i mean certainly see what's on the table i don't know if that's going to be applied to the future of the mandalorian series but no um, i certainly think that it could be interesting i was i was hearing all these rumors about series three about and i was excited and not excited at the same time because i heard we were going to see ezra we were going to see sabine we were going to see uh Hera we were going to see more uh, Thrawn we were going to see characters from Rebels pop up and I was like wow is Mandalorian going to lose control of his own show it's just going to become a rebel show and that didn't quite happen the way I thought it was going to I mean it, a, a person from Rebels did actually take over the show for a while Bo-Katan but um but not in the in the other way so um but we are going to get Ahsoka, which is the next quote-unquote chapter that Filoni and Favreau are, say, are, are telling in that tale. I think it's definitely along those lines. And as far as that goes, to me, it's all about this guy. Everything is about Thrawn now for me. Like, this is the guy I love. This is the character I've been waiting for. I'm so excited uh, that he's played by the same guy who did the voice in, uh, in Rebels. Um, I do think that, you know all things are going to come into play because of Thrawn. So all these things that are going to come together, we might even see Boba Fett again. Uh, we might even see, Cap, uh, what's his name? Cab Vance? But yeah, from, uh, that's on Cab Bane? Yeah. Um, Cab Bane. Uh, oh, no, no, well, the uh, Timothy Oliphant character. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Cobb, and Cobb, 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 Cobb Vance. Vance. Thank you. Yeah. Um, who knows what we might see, but I am super excited for o- uh, Ahsoka, more so than I was for this season of The Mandalorian. And uh, I, I'm really anxious to see where that goes. 
And as far as Mandalorian goes, I do think, yeah, uh, depending on what happens, I do think that they've left it open that it's going to be more about, I mean, they, they left Din Djarin, I was really surprised that Din Djarin and Groku left Mandalore without even any hmm. sort of fanfare or ceremony. They just were like, peace, we're done, bye. Um, <laughs> you know, because he just like about like an hour ago said, I'm I'm here to serve you, Bo-Katan. And then, you know, they defeat Gideon. Yeah. He's like, I'm done. Bye. And then he's gone. <laughs> and, and and he and Groku are like living on, on the plane somewhere, just chilling. And I'm like, this is really weird. But it does signal that there's going to be some sort of reset there, I think. Um, so that should be really and because we know no we now know he has also a, a mission, which we he, you know, I think it's always been about him having a mission, and he's going to be working, you know, on select missions for the is it is it the resist? No, it's not the resistance. Maybe he's going to be part of the rise of the new resistance because we haven't seen that yet start. Um, but uh, as part of the new republic, he's going to be doing these missions for him. So he's going to come up come up against new order stuff all the time, I'm sure. So he's going to be invested in it. But maybe there will be some some more episodic episodes to come as well. We'll see. Um, but it's really exciting. I'm I'm I like the way the season ended. It surprised me in a good way, and uh, I I just can't wait till August. <laughs> I can't wait till August. So, so we will be back uh, at uh, I, I think it's eight weeks. Is it eight weeks uh, for Ahsoka? I don't know. We don't know, right? Uh, six, Longer eight, than ten. That. We it's don't a know. Year, Twelve. But years, anyway, years. after Ahsoka's done, we'll be certainly back to cover that um, and and review that. So. Thanks, guys, for reviewing this season of The Mandalorian with us. And uh, we will be back in a, after this break. Hey, everybody. Michelle here with an Iconic Rock Talk weekend moment. Can, can you even imagine a weekend? Uh, Coachella was this past weekend. It was two weekends. And the gorillas were playing, of course. And they brought out a ton of special guests, including Yasin Bey, uh, formerly known as Most Def, surviving members of De La Soul, paying tribute to Trugoy the Dove, who passed away in February, Thundercat, Booty Brown, Little Sims, Del the Funky Homo Sapien, and this past Friday, uh, Beck was on hand to help them with Valley of the Pagans, and Bad Bunny performed on Tormenta. And also at Coachella, someone else who had a surprise special guest was Wet Leg, doing the song Your Mom when, when they encourage everybody to give them their loudest, longest scream. And who should come out but the guy who is everywhere and anywhere, Dave Grohl. Uh, Wet Leg will be going on uh, to tour with Harry Styles in the UK and Europe, and the Foo Fighters have announced that their new album, But Here We Are, will drop on June 2nd. There will be a tour uh, beginning May 24th, that will take them pretty much through the end of the year. The first single is called Rescued, and it is out now. Uh, they have not formally announced the drummer, but it is thought that the drummer on the record and will be upcoming on this tour will be John Freeze, who has played with Nine Inch Nails, Sublime, Guns N' Roses, and many others. So good news for Foo Fighters fans. And it's not real meaningful, but if you have a yen to vote for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Class of 2023, get your vote in at rockhall.com by this Friday the 28th. We expect the announcement for the class to probably be a week from this Wednesday, May 3rd. We'll find out then. This has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show Moment, and we'll catch you next time. 
This Labor Day weekend, fandom is calling. Let Michael, Mike, Darren, and Jen help you answer the call with the latest news, notes, tips, and tricks on the DragonCon Report. Available as an audio podcast, visit DragonConReport.com and for the first time ever, watch us on video via Facebook Live and YouTube. We want to help you celebrate your fandom in all the best ways. So listen up, and we'll see you at the con. So that's going to end another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank our guests for being here tonight. Ashley, thank you as always. Oh, thank you. It is always a pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about or promote? Yes. Well, this is a little bit belated, but I, this is my first appearance on the show since the big Star Wars celebration announcement. So, of course, I have to give a shout out to the Ray movie. I was just over the moon when... My dad mentioned they were doing it. I assumed like it was just like speculation or something like that, but I'm really excited. Um, the character means a lot to me personally and has gotten me through some of the best and worst moments of my life. And just the fact that she gets to come back is really cool. And I hope that this movie is going to be fulfilling for people like me that are already a fan of the character, but also maybe help people that haven't liked that character, that part of the story as much kind of connect more with it too so um hope hopefully more good things to come but i was very excited about that news as soon as i heard it i said ashley must be over the moon it was yes uh, i'm not gonna say i got a little emotional but it's it's possible that i did that i needed to take a moment pause my work and just kind of let that process so um it and it very well could be the first movie i get to take my daughter to see in theaters so um if that's the case then i'm just going to be bringing a box of tissues with me because <laughs> all, all the emotions but yeah i i was very pleased about that news so hope hopefully it's good and i won't be crying because it's a terrible movie so understandable mm. my dear jay thank you so much for being here absolute pleasure thanks for having me it's, it's we haven't talked in a while on a podcast and i love talking to you guys so anytime it, it's great to have you back and what do you got to promote for or shout out about you know what? We are doing a short film this year. The last short film we did was in 2016. We did a Star Wars short film, which you can watch on the channel. My channel is called How Stories Work with Jay Shear. You can go watch it over there. Um, but we're doing another, we're, we're doing another short film this year that we're going to hopefully use as a proof of concept to raise money for a feature. So if you want to follow that whole journey and all the things that we're doing, um, I haven't posted any content about it yet on How Stories Work with Jay Shear, but go follow that YouTube channel and that podcast and hopefully I'll be able to present a lot of that stuff as we as we move forward and trying to accomplish that that is awesome sir awesome I can't wait to find out what you come out with it's gonna be awesome cool. and Mr. Mike we made it through another one my friend we did and as always it's my pleasure anything you want to shout out about sir I do this Saturday the first Saturday in May May 6th is free comic day once again and I will be at a comic shop in uh, Georgia I will be at a new comic shop grand opening of a store in Ackworth called Urban Pop Comics it is owned and run by our good friend Chris Hamer and uh, they will be giving away, you know, all the free comics and there will be a, a few independent creators like myself and Peter Cutler that will be there uh, with our books to to sell, as well as uh, I think we're Peter and I are working on some freebies that we can give out as well. So um, I'm excited. I, I know Chris and I know he's put a lot of effort and time into this comic shop. 
I'm really anxious to see what he's done and support him in any way I can. And of course, Free Comic Day is, is it's become like a for comic lovers, it's become like a holiday. It's just a really fun celebration of comics. Uh and uh yeah, I'm glad I'm I'm at a store. Exactly. And it's only two days after May the fourth. Be with you. <laughs> so there Coming you up. go. So it'll be very interesting. Free comic book day is always a great time to get out there. All right. My shout out real quick. Over the weekend, we actually went to another concert. We got to go see our friend Ben Folds, and he got to play with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra, and it was amazing. And we've seen Ben tons of times. Ben is great on his own when he was with Ben Folds 5, and then, of course, he goes around and plays in different cities with the different orchestras. And that's what I wanted to uh, promote real quick. If you live in a somewhat decent sized city um most of them have or uh, like symphony orchestras and they're just regular people who gather to play all together and to present the classics and there's some amazing music out there folks and a lot of funding for these organizations is being cut left and right as things get more and more expensive and you know what it's all about getting out there to the arts to younger people to you know children and you know when i was growing up we had field trips to the kennedy center in washington dc and we got to see the national symphony orchestra and it was always amazing to me and it's always stuck with me i used to take william when he was little any chance they had to see the symphony play because you know a lot of the music is that you hear in sci-fi or fantasy is orchestral music and if you grow an appreciation for it so it's pretty darn awesome and there's easy ways to support it by going to concerts by even becoming a sustaining member it just depends what you're able to do but just go to it folks it's some amazing material and it's not all stuffy stuff shirts where you shake your beads at it and everything as my friend used to say it's you know people you can go in your t-shirts you can go in your baseball caps or you can wear sneakers to go see the symphony it's okay it's there for the people and it's by regular people doing it take advantage of it so definitely do as always thanks for listening to the air station one podcast Always remember, we couldn't do this without you guys. If you want to support us, please check out our T Public store and get some really cool ESO Network swag, including the new Darren Noel t-shirt. It's awesome. We've been selling quite a few of those. And every t-shirt we sell with the Wonder Warrior on it is going to charity. And it's going to be going to a good cause. Also, remember, if you want to listen to our show before the rest of the world, why not join the ESO Network Patreon? For as little as a dollar a month, you could help support us here at Earth Station One. And coming soon, you're going to be able to start programming Earth Station One. That's going to be pretty cool stuff. We're going to definitely do that for our patrons. Check out our ESO Patreon at patreon.com slash ESO Network. We also want to hear from you, so please write us anytime at feedback at earthstation1.com. Remember, you can also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. And now Earth Station One also can be found in video format up on YouTube. Please check out 
our show and like and subscribe, like and subscribe, and ring that bell at the top. It's awesome. That's how you know when we have a new episode out. Thanks. You know, we do appreciate everyone who has been subscribing, who's been watching us up there. It's been a ton of fun doing this in video. And, you know, we got to pretend that we're not just going eh, the whole time. We're watching, you know, when someone else is talking and everything. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, Ms. Ashley Paulus, and Mr. Jay Shear, thank you so much for watching, folks. We do appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time on Earth Station One. Peace. And remember, this is the way. And we're done. Boom. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.